I'm Tiffany Norris, and you're listening to This is Richardson, a podcast that tells the stories of the people and places of Richardson, Texas. So far during this COVID-19 crisis, we've revisited Richardson restaurants and Richardson businesses to see how they're responding and managing the whole situation. We also wanted to revisit our church, First Baptist Richardson, and we really felt like that warranted its own episode. Now, a few months ago, I talked with Ivy Lassiter, the children's pastor at church, and this time I sat down, over Skype, of course, with Ron Evans, the missions pastor at First Baptist Richardson. Now, we've heard Ron preach at church several times, and when you see him or talk with him, you immediately hear his heart for this city. He has a passion for connecting our church and our community, and it comes through in every conversation. It was just so encouraging to talk with him in the midst of this crisis and hear that same conviction for connecting our church and community, even though the methods have changed. Well, let's just dive right in with the elephant in the room. Can you talk a little about the church's response to COVID-19? Anything additional we've been doing or had to stop doing? So um, I can't speak for everybody. You know, we have so many ministries that go on within the church, but it really was a just a total shift in what we do. You know, it's just like everything else that is going on and around the world that all of a sudden overnight, your world looks very different. And so where we had um, certain you know, ministries from from, uh, say, cradle to to, um, you know, up in the senior adult ministries uh, they were all running well, doing very good. They all had to change overnight. And um, just the fact that um, we jumped on and were able to pull things together and basically take our entire church service, our small groups and all of those things online almost immediately was really pretty, pretty phenomenal, I think, because there were a lot of churches that struggled with it. Uh, in a lot of different ways, but um, we just we were, were fortunate to be able to have the team that had the know-how and the expertise to be able to t- launch us immediately online, and so that was great. Um, <clears throat> me personally, you know, um, being the missions pastor here at the church, you know, my responsibilities are to uh, help our church be involved in the community. And so in a time like this, when God has specifically placed us in Richardson and given us this opportunity to be uh, ministers of the gospel right here. Um, and when I say ministers of the gospel, I mean all of us, our entire church, uh, ministers of the gospel right here in Richardson. And then all of a sudden the city of Richardson, as well as the entire world is in need. That gives us a great opportunity to step back and evaluate and find ways that we can be involved in the community. It seems like you jumped right in and meeting some of those needs and mobilized different groups at church. If you could talk a little about that as well. Yeah, so immediately um, I'd already kind of developed a little bit of a relationship with Richardson ISD. And um, obviously we have a relationship with the network of community ministries um, and uh, we've We've been we were one of the founding churches that founded that ministry. And so um, knowing that there were going to be people that were going to be in need in that way, uh, we just immediately contacted them and say, hey, you know, my hands are open. Show me how I can serve you and how um, we can work alongside you to meet needs in the community. And so uh, immediately uh, Richardson ISD responded and said, uh, we have a huge need for 
people to help distribute um, prepackaged uh, breakfast and lunch to our students. And uh, they had enough volunteers, not really volunteers, but enough of their employees to be able to handle doing it on school campuses. But there are some apartment complexes within the district that um, are uh, low income. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, there's um, uh, Richardson ISD as a whole, about 46% of Richardson ISD is on free or reduced lunch. And so um, they were struggling with figuring out how to reach them. And so they asked us to come in and go actually go to these apartment complexes and distribute food. So uh, we put a couple of teams together and uh, just immediately jumped on board with that and started distributing those food, uh, those food bags. And so that was a great way to get started. And uh, it was really a blessing to them and us to be able to have that opportunity to be involved in that way. Okay, this may seem like a little bit of an obvious question, but why is it important for churches to meet the physical needs of people in the community like that? Well, it's all biblically based. I mean, um, you know, God gives us a very clear directive that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And when you really think about that end of that phrase, when he says to love our neighbor as ourself, would you allow yourself to go without food? Would you allow yourself to go without housing? Would you allow yourself to go without all these different things? And no, you wouldn't. And so you love yourself enough to make sure that you take care of your own personal needs. And so we're to love our neighbor in the same way. And um, and so there's there's really just a call from the Lord to to respond in that way. And um, more than that, in Isaiah 58, he talks about taking your bread. He doesn't talk about taking a bread. He talks about taking your bread and giving it to those in need. He talks about taking your bed and giving it to those in need. And so that those are just two examples. But there's hundreds throughout the Bible where God tells us that we have a responsibility to take care of the least of these. And so that's really where, where all of that comes from for me. Um, I'm a pretty black and white individual when it comes to that. And so when I see that, I feel like immediately I have to respond. And so that I mean, that's that's where we build all of that out of. Well, can you talk a little about what are some of the other ministries the church has been participating in within the city itself, like the partnership with RISD? I don't know how many people know about this, but we have uh, three mission houses that the church owns. And those houses are used for missionaries who come in on furlough or come in uh, for emergencies or things like that, come out of the mission field. And so what we do is uh, we put them up in those houses and give them a place to stay. And they just basically take care of utilities and things like that. And and the rest of it's take, taken care of by the church. And so we had two of those houses which were empty and haven't been, been used in quite a while. And so um, what we did was we contacted the city of Richardson because one of the needs that we were hearing throughout the United States is where do we put first responders who have been exposed to COVID-19 and don't want to infect their family or they have people at home who are at high risk? What do we do with them? And so um, I contacted um, Chief Boussier over at the Richardson Police Department and uh, talked to him about it. So, listen, we've got these two houses would that be a benefit to you? He says, man, you don't even know. 
He said, we are struggling to try to figure out what we're going to do. Mm. And so we immediately made those two houses available to all of the uh, city of Richardson first responders in case they became um, infected or exposed to COVID-19. And thus far, they've been used a couple of times. Fortunately, uh, no one who was in, exposed came came away infected. So that's been pretty awesome. But they have used it uh, a few times over the past month and a half uh, to um, we, we housed a couple of police officers and a couple of firemen. So um, it's been really cool. And then on the flip side of that, the, um, you know, just going back to the network, um, you know, they, they, um, when, when COVID-19 hit and people started losing jobs and this, that, and the other, the demand for the need for an organization like the, the network just skyrocketed, uh, overnight they went, uh, they, they tripled the amount of people that they serve on a daily basis. And um, you, you just can't be prepared for that enough. I mean, you can't. You just you don't know that that's coming. You have an inkling that it's coming and you try to. You just can't really be. And, and I'm not saying that they weren't because they actually were very well prepared. But it just kind of just all at once just kind of overwhelmed them. And to top that off, a lot of their volunteer base were senior adults. Mm. And so they were like, you know, they're telling us to stay at home. And so they lost volunteer base. They started losing food. North Texas Food Bank was unable to provide um, her secondary resources over there. When I say her, I'm talking about Cindy, uh, the, the CEO over there. She had a lot of secondary resources that she would go to to try to get food. They were out of food. And so she was struggling to try to to keep food in the pantry to give away to people. So two things, three things happened. It's like a perfect storm. Your mm -hmm. volunteers go away overnight, not completely, but but for the most part, your food dries up overnight and your demand increases threefold. And so that was just like a perfect storm of, oh, my gosh, what do we do? And so um, I went over there to talk to her about that. We, we as a church were prepared to write her a check to try to help her out. And she said, Ron, really, I don't need a check. I've got money to buy food. I have no food to buy. And she said, the food that I can get is bulk and I can't give bulk away to families. And I said, so we talked about that for a little bit. And uh, she, she, we, through our conversation, we decided that what would be a really good idea is to buy in bulk beans, rice and pasta and then to take that beans, rice and pasta and to repackage that into one pound bags. And so um, we we started with that. We we rented a tent that we stuck out here next to the church uh, in our parking lot and a big, massive 100 foot by 40 foot tent. And uh, that's big enough. It's outside. We can adequately social distance. We have some people that were in the um, that are in the medical in industry who helped to write us some protocols for making sure that everybody would followed you know correct protocols to to keep themselves from getting infected. And then we just we just went after it. And in in, a, in one month's time. 
Uh, we just finished up today. We did our last packaging. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting in my office after finishing up out there uh, doing this with you today. And we have packaged over 23,000 pounds of beans, rice, and pasta in a month. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. It was just a tremendous amount of, I mean, just volunteer-wise, people coming out. They were happy to do it. I think some of them were just glad to get out of the house. I had one gentleman that said, I had been out of the house in three weeks. You don't know how much of a of a, a ministry that is to me to be oh. able to get out of the house. <laughs> uh, you know, and then some some of our senior adults who were like, this is so great because they tell us to stay at home, but you know, they they have a little bit of an honor streak about them. They're like, no, I want to get out. I want to help. And so <laughs> this is a great way. It was a great way for them to help without uh, fear of being exposed and things like that. And so it's just a great, it was a great overall. We had families, we had whole families come out. We had uh, uh, business owners within our church uh, bring uh, an entire team from their business out. And so it was just a really a great way. Uh, to partner with uh, the network and the city of Richardson. And it benefited uh, the network services, um, all of Richardson ISD. And so some of those beans, rice, and pasta went into overnight overnight and uh, weekend boxes of food that was given out to Richardson ISD students as well. And so it all just kind of worked together. And uh, it was just a beautiful thing to be a part of. And I'm so grateful for our church and their willingness to to jump on that and help us to do that. That is wonderful. Okay, I I don't think any of us can really see what's coming next. It would be nice. Um, But looking ahead, you know, I keep thinking about all of these ministries that our church has done, like the Backpack Bash, that have been things with large crowds and a lot of contact and, you know, these events on campus. So some of these ministries and some of these types of outreach going forward, as far as you're able to tell, what are some of the changes we're going to be making or some of the challenges we're going to be facing with those? So, you know, you're exactly right when you say that, I, you know, I can't really tell the future and what's going to happen in the future. Um, and, and to be honest, that is just a thing that I, I, I try to think about, think about um, how can we continue to do ministry outside the church um, and, and not have uh, the fear of, of exposure in those types of things. And so. Um, I'll give you a great example. One of the things you, you mentioned, the backpack bash, and, and this is a great example since I was actually having this conversation with um, some leaders at Richardson ISD today. Uh, before COVID-19 hit, um, you know, our church has been doing the backpack bash for a couple of years now, but it has always been my dream to have a partnership with Richardson ISD and other churches in the community to make sure that every student, not just a thousand students, not just 500 students, but every student in Richardson ISD, if they needed school supplies, got them before school started. And so um, at the end of last year's Backpack Bash, um, I started talking to uh, Richardson ISD about that. And so we had a meeting today. Uh, we've had a couple of meetings about this and about what that's going to look like going forward. And I think we all agree that, you know, doing something like that has to really be low impact, low contact, you know, like um, Food for Families. Food for Families is a ministry that we've been doing here for just a little over two years now. 
and it's a monthly food box that feeds a family. And it's really a really nice, I mean, it's fresh foods, fresh vegetables, uh, meats, dairy, uh, you know, all of that, plus dry goods uh, that we give to each family that comes in. And we had to reevaluate that to basically a no contact type of scenario. And again, we had again, we had people in the medical industry who helped us with that. And so we set it up to where, um, you know, the where normally the parents would come in, they would talk, we would have conversations with them and that type of stuff to really just a no contact thing where, you know, we wheeled it out to them and unloaded it into their car and then they were kind of going down the road after that. And so we, we kind of envision moving forward, at least until people begin to feel comfortable um, that everything is going to have to fall kind of in that kind of realm where it's uh, it's low, low contact. And, you know, that that's kind of heartbreaking for for me as a missions pastor, because everything that I do is about relationships uh, and it's about contact and it's about. Um, being able to sit down with someone and talk to them and to share in in their joys and in their burdens and and to work with them to meet needs and to rejoice with them when things are met and those types of things and it's hard to do that when all you can really do is is hand them a box or hand them a bag or something and, and wave at them and tell them to go on down the road. So mm-hmm. we're, we're working on that. And um, from what I do understand through the meetings that I've had is that um, our church has what they've put together, a leadership task force made up of, of different people on the different committees within the church to kind of come up with those guidelines. And um, similar to, uh, what they did for me when it came to food for families and um, the repackaging of the food is we went to some people and they wrote us basically wrote us some guidelines to follow. And I think what we're looking at doing is having similar guidelines for everything in the church. We're going forward. We follow these guidelines and those guidelines may change. I don't I don't I don't think anybody really knows. Um, but as things relax, they may the guidelines may get more relaxed. Um, something may happen that they have to get more restrictive. I just, I can't really, like you said, tell the future. So shifting gears just a little bit, can you talk about your history with the city of Richardson in general and First Baptist Richardson specifically? What brought you here? Oh boy. Okay. So, um, so I have been in the ministry. Um, I became a Christian in 1998 and I immediately got involved with the church that I was in, and I found myself really uh, in ministry as a ministry leader of a small church in Wiley, Texas, as a volunteer youth pastor in uh, 1999-2000-ish, right in that that time frame. And so um, I've been in the ministry for 20, 21 years, first as, as just a volunteer and then later full time as God led me to a homeless ministry, which uh, we started in 2006 in downtown Plano called Church Under the Tree. So um, I, I've been heavily involved in that ministry uh, since 2006. And that ministry has included a lot of different fingers. I, I ran a, 
uh, a homeless transitional house for about four years until we had to shut that down. Uh, I ran a um, mobile food pantry for called Food for the Cities for um, about eight years. Um, that one has re- recently been spun off into its own entity and someone else is running it now. I ran a uh, youth camp called Mission 58 that uh, spun off, has spun off into its own ministry now and is, and is um, running on itself. And um, it's weird. Uh, people generally, most people that I know that do parachurch ministry kind of start out in church ministry and move to parachurch ministry. And uh, and God took me from inside the church to parachurch to a hybrid of the two. And one of my desires has always been to uh, lead God's people into being a huge part of the community. I really and firmly believe in my office, there is uh, on the back seal of my office, there's a, a set of huge numbers. There are styrofoam numbers and they're like 36 inches tall. And there are 116,783. And those numbers sit in my office right behind my my desk for a reason, because it reminds me of what I've been put here for, which is to bring the gospel to the city of Richardson. And that number represents uh, what at the time, what the population of Richardson was supposed to be in uh, 2020 this year. So. when when I think about coming to First Baptist Richardson, I came here as the facilities director. Um, I'd been I moved from that small church into parachurch ministry with Church Under the Tree, Food for the Cities, Mission Fifty Eight, all of that, but was having a hard time raising money. And so God gave me a great gift of sharing the gospel and helping and meeting people's needs, but I'm not real good at raising money, so. Um, <laughs> I ended up coming to First Baptist as the facilities director, and, um, you know, God never took that desire to serve and that desire to share the gospel and meet needs and, and love on and pray for and, and lead and guide people. He never took that away from me. And so in uh, December of 2018, they came to me and asked me to become the missions pastor here. And so that's how I became the missions pastor here at First Richardson. And so I love my job. I tell everybody that this is my favorite job that I've ever had. And and I love it so much because I'm able to really get into the weeds of helping people and then have the uh, financial stability and ability to meet those needs. There's been a lot of times in my in my life of ministry when I've had the heart, but not the means. And now I'm, I'm not being boastful in this, but I'm just being honest. There's no shortage of heart to help people. But now I've also got got the means to help people. And so I'll give you a great example when this whole thing broke out, and this is also a testimony to the people in our church, I had people calling me up and saying, hey, um, I got a stimulus check for $1,200. I don't need it. I want to give it to you to help people. And man, that just rocked my world because I knew the need was there. And um, 
I knew that we could meet some needs and we can seriously help some people. And um, where kind of in the past, I would know those needs, but not really have a way to do anything about it. And now not only do I see the needs and I'm able to meet the needs, but I have the stability and the ability to be able to meet those needs. And so I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful way to, it's a wonderful place to be. Um, and, and that's why I love my job here so much. So. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I have to tell you, too, those large styrofoam numbers, when we had them up on the stage at church a few months ago, we took a picture of it because it just really hit my husband and me hard to see those numbers and think about it in terms of this podcast as well, because we don't have all the time and money in the world. But in so many ways, this podcast has been a ministry for us. It's been the little thing that we can do. And to see those numbers and just think about if each number represented a person here in Richardson that we could perhaps have a positive impact on and that our church cared about each of those people too. I tell you, that was the screensaver on my phone for a long time because just seeing those numbers, that was really impactful for us. So tell me, what about the city of Richardson is special to you? What do you think makes the city interesting or unique? I think what I love about the city of Richardson the most is just the diversity of it. And what I mean by that is, you know, even you you take a look at our church, you know, our church is 150 years old, but um, our church really started to boom, um, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And um, a lot of those folks are still here. And if you take a look at our church and you look at the people that are here, you'll see third and fourth generation people who attend our church. And that's that's true about the city of Richardson as a whole. When I talk to leaders in the city of Richardson and I ask them, hey, how can we as a church help the city of Richardson? You know, the 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 one thing that I get from them a lot is the fact that they that that the population in Richardson, well, why it's starting to change, but for a long time was aging. And so how do we take care of our senior adults within the city of Richardson? But now we're starting to get a lot of young families in in the city of Richardson. And not only do we have an aging population that has been here for a long time, that has settled here, that has made their home here, they have raised their kids here, and now they're retiring here. But now we have this other generation that is either coming in or coming back. And we have this emerging young population of families that, that are coming in and coming back. And, and not only that, but you take and you look at the diversity of Richardson ISD when there's over like 60 different languages spoken within the school district. That is phenomenal to me. Uh, when when I think about when I think about the opportunity for the gospel in a city like Richardson, you really are when you look at the culture and you look at the diversity of age, you look at the diversity of of ethnicities within the city and and things like that, we really have endless possibilities for ministry within the city of Richardson just because of those aspects. And then you add in University of Texas at Dallas. Just look at the diversity of that and, and how they're one of the leading international universities in the United States. You know, little old you can't really call them little old UTD. Anymore. They're not little <laughs> old UTD anymore. But, you know, just the diversity of that of that university is just astounding to me. 
And, and I think that's what I love about because it still kind of has this. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't wanna, I almost want to say bed and breakfast type uh, community, but but it's not. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's really a lovely, uh, close, close knit community cares about their neighbor, this, that and the other. But it's just emerging with all of this diversity. And, and that's what I look at it. When I look at the landscape of City of Richardson, I look at unlimited possibilities for ministry within it. All right. This last question is a little more on the lighthearted side. What is your favorite Richardson place? Aside from church, of course, it could be a business or restaurant, but what place here do you really like and just want to give a shout out to you? I, I think my my personal favorite is, and it's because I spend a lot of time there. Uh, one of the things that I do uh, at the within the city is I, um, I, I build relationships. And so um, building relationships requires time and sitting down to a meal is the best way that I know to do that. And so um, I think probably my, I'm going to give you my favorite restaurant in the city of Richardson. And that is uh, 1050 barbecue. Mm, that's and, my uh, husband's as well. <laughs> <laughs> And you're, uh, I, I just, I love barbecue. It's my, you know, I am true, true blue Texan, uh, born and raised, lived here for 48 years. So um, uh, my whole life I've lived in, in, in Texas. And so barbecue is like, you know, it's just like, you, I don't know, if you're Texan, you eat barbecue, you know, that kind of thing. And so I love 1050 bar- barbecue. To follow that up, I would say my second one is First Watch, probably where I spend the lion's share of my time building relationships in those two restaurants. Is there anything else about the city or the church or any particular ministry that I didn't ask you that you want to be sure we cover? What I would like to say is this. One of the things that has happened during this COVID-19, I have watched emerge out of our pastors here at our church is, you know, again, as I said in the very beginning, everything came to a screeching halt. And we have pastors and employees, not just pastors, but we have employees, period, all the way through our admins, through everybody here and how they have really just taken the situation and been innovative. And, okay, we can't do this anymore, but we can reinvent it to look here and do it in this way. And so... You know, when you've got um, the children's ministry and uh, Pastor Ivy and Pastor Fran and Pastor Vicky over there and how they just completely, you know, they put out this this fantastic children's worship that comes along every Sunday before we start our Sunday worship. OK, it's just phenomenal mm-hmm. how, how they've been able to shift that. And you take uh, Randy and Drew and how they have just launched into their student ministry and been able to pull in Zoom calls into the, uh, the, the student small groups and how they're uh, right now they're working on a plan to, to re, relaunch Catalyst into something local for this summer. You know, our, our summer mission trip to uh, Hawaii, our Catalyst mission trip to Hawaii is, was canceled because we can't do that. And so now they're, they're reinventing that on a local basis. 
Um, when you take what Keith Lowry has been able to do with launching all of our small groups and all of our Sunday school classes into Zoom and how he's been able to just take, I mean, groups that we thought may never be able to go online are, are just, they're doing it. And it's been awesome. And then you take Paul and how Paul Major, our senior adults pastor, has been able to just make sure that every single one of our senior adults has had contact and there's somebody checking on them and there's somebody taking care of them. And you take Andy and Josiah and Matt and Ellis and all of those that are responsible for Sunday worship and you take how they have just shifted us to an online worship. And it's just been phenomenal to sit back and watch and how God has said, okay, you have this gift, utilize that. You know, here's a hidden gift that you didn't even know you had that I'm going to bring to the surface and I'm going to show you how to use this gift in this time. It's just been phenomenal for me uh, to watch um, all of them and how they have shined through all of this. And, And again, how Pastor Ellis has led us. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel uh, just every single time Ellis closes up, whether it's his service or it's a podcast that he's doing or or whatever, you know, he tells us, I can't wait to see you again. I don't know how that makes you feel, but that really brings some comfort to me because I know Ellis and I know he genuinely means that. mentioned this before, but if you're looking for a church home, we can't recommend First Baptist Richardson enough. It is truly our family's favorite thing about this city. And right now, you can visit online. No pressure, no awkward small talk. Just check out the services online at fbrichardson.org. The people there love God and love others, and it really just doesn't get much better than that. I'm Tiffany Norris. Thanks for listening. This is Richardson as part of the On The Go FM network.